Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Aiden Stark, and today I'm talking with my dad, Joe Stark. What is up? <laughs> Excellent intro, Aiden. Well done. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I've been practicing for months. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm excited to record with you on this. This is really cool. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm definitely pretty excited for this. Huh? <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh I guess the big news of the the evening is that last night we went and saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yes, uh I actually really like Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um way more than the first film. Like do, do you agree or I I definitely like it like as well as the first one. The thing that I generally like about sequels is that you know, they jump right in and the first movie did all the work of like introducing you to these characters and, and how they ended up together. And so sequels, <clears throat> you know, they can just drop you right in, um, kind of, kind of on the action with it. And, and so that's something that, that I enjoyed with this one, because even though like all that setup stuff in the first movie was a lot of fun, you know, I, I was excited to just pick up immediately where that other one left off. Yeah, I, I can kind of agree with that. <laughs> um, it was, uh, so yeah, I think it kind of goes without saying that, yeah, there's going to be spoilers discussed for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So, you know, if you if you haven't seen that movie yet and, and you're worried about spoilers, this is your spoiler warning because we're going to be talking about this for, you know, not the, the whole episode, but for a little yeah. bit here. <clears throat> so um, what were... Uh, some of your first scenes or some of your favorite scenes from that first Sonic the Hedgehog movie. If I had to say my absolute favorite, I'd say it's kind of hard to pinpoint what. Um, if I had to say any of my favorite scenes, it'd probably be the final the final battle scene that, that takes place like in in the town there in Green yeah. Hill Zone or, or kind of like Hills. the the yeah <laughs> Green Hill Zone. That's the video game. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but like the the whole fight, like starting in San Francisco at the top of the building. Yeah, pretty much. Yes, <laughs> that is really fun stuff. Um, w- one of my favorite scenes from the first one was the uh, <clears throat> geez. Stop clearing my throat here. One of the one of my favorite scenes from the first one was the bar scene where you know. Oh yeah, and it is kind of like a, a rip off of you know the the X Men time in a bottle scene with Quicksilver running through the kitchen. Yeah, you've probably. I don't know if we've actually we we haven't dived into the the Fox X Men movies yet, have we? No, I don't actually think we have. <laughs> do you know that scene I'm talking about? You might have seen it on YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah, I do know. I th- I think we have watched X Men Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, lucky us. We started with the best one, right? <laughs> yes. Not X Men Origins Wolverine or okay, okay. <laughs> that one might be a contender for worst <laughs> in that series. Have you seen that one? No, I- I've just heard it's like legitimately terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hugh Jackman's good in it just because he's a good Wolverine, and that was the movie that gave us um uh, lore. For- Give us what lore? What was lore? It's like it's like a backstory. Oh, like oh okay, I got you. So you're saying it was you know giving us the origin story of of Wolverine more? That's what you yeah. meant by lore? Okay, yeah, hundred percent. I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, I was gonna say that was the one that first gave us Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. 
even though like his rendition of Deadpool was not I mean it was definitely Wade Wilson. He he really nailed that, but there was nothing else and then what they did to him at the end of that. If you haven't seen the movie, it's it's like they sew his mouth shut so that oh he, my he God. can't talk anymore. And like he's just like this weird like human robot type thing that like swords like come out of his hands kind of like how Wolverine's claws come out. It's some weird choices were made, but but that also gave us Lieb Schreiber, his performance as Sabretooth, which was really cool. Here I am blabbing about a movie you haven't seen yet. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to put that on the list, uh, you know, because we've been doing all these rewatches on stuff. So we'll put those X-Men movies on there. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, favorite scenes in Sonic. The first one. Yes. Because the, the second one, not not yet. <laughs> We're still two years off from the second one, so we're going to spend two years just talking about our favorite scenes from the first Sonic. Okay, well, <laughs> your train of logic is losing me there. <laughs> we can carry on <laughs> Sonic. <laughs> it, it, it was a joke, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, that first movie, like, it really surprised the heck out of me, because... Do you remember the very first pictures that were released online? Oh my god, people were <laughs> furious. <laughs> it looked so freaky. Like Sonic the Hedgehog became a literal meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like internet bully culture actually like legitimately steered a movie studio in the right direction because the 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 depiction that they came out with, the way the, you know, the artwork they settled on for how Sonic looks is really really awesome and it works really well on the screen. Yeah. You know, because sometimes when they do movies where, you know, it's it's a a live human being next to like a completely CGI creation, sometimes it's, you know, a really hot mess, but it works really well in the Sonic movies. Yeah, like uh, examples of this are like Alvin and the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies or <laughs> I love that Alvin and the Chipmunks is your first go-to. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I, I don't even think I've seen an Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. <laughs> not even the Squeakquel? No, I've not <laughs> seen the Squeakquel. <laughs> so the main character in those movies is played by an actor named Jason Lee. And when you get a little bit older, I'll show we'll, I'll show you the movie Mallrats and and then some other Kevin Smith stuff, and you can really appreciate Jason Lee as an actor, and then be like. Okay, I understand, dude. You went and made Chipmunks and the Squeakquel. <laughs> Everybody needs to get paid. That's cool. Um, <laughs> um, the the other thing that surprised the heck out of me in the Sonic movie was how much I enjoyed James Marsden. Uh, yeah. And the, kind of going back to those X-Men movies again, he played Cyclops. Oh, my uh, Scott God. Summers in those movies. Really? Yeah. <laughs> just your, awkward silence your, your mind is blown <laughs> i can tell <laughs> yeah what's actually uh what's actually really awkward is that like in 2011 i think it was um the movie hop released and james marsden was in that and that's like another like cgi type film that is true he was with a cgi rabbit wasn't he yeah <laughs> So James Marsden said, I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny stuff. Um, I, I think the the biggest thing from these Sonic movies, though, is is Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. I mean, his portrayal of Dr. Robotnik is just one of the funnest things. And 
again, when you get a little bit older, there's uh, the Ace Ventura movies that I will show you. And oh. and that was my introduction to Jim Carrey was actually in um, uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. I know he was in um, a uh, a sketch show also, but I never watched those at the time. It was one of those things that I heard other kids at school talk about, but I just never watched it. And so um, I'd looked up some of his sketch stuff like later on YouTube. Like, uh, I think it's like Fire Marshal Bill was a really funny one. <laughs> it's hard to describe. You just have to see it. But, you know, just Jim Carrey with the way that he can do what Jim Carrey does is is really, really fantastic in this movie with Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, the scene in his trailer where he's doing the scientific research and is playing the music. And and he's like he's got like the 3D display behind him, and so it looks mm-hmm. like he's skiing and then running away from a T Rex and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then it like bites his head off. Yeah, that's it, right. <laughs> it, it's like something you'd see in Jurassic Park or World, or I actually haven't seen Jurassic World. <laughs> you haven't seen? I I thought we watched Jurassic World. Um. Then I probably don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> it would have been a long time ago when it first, you know, came out on digital or whatever. Um, that's another one where we're going to have to do a deep dive and watch all those Jurassic movies. Yeah, like Jurassic Park, Park 2, Park 3. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's three parks for some reason. <laughs> there's three parks and soon to be three worlds. <laughs> have you seen the trailer for that newest Jurassic World? Yeah, I have actually. It looks pretty wild, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like bringing back the old protagonist as well. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty exciting. So it's like Spider-Man No Way Home, but like... <laughs> well, um, didn't we watch the first Jurassic Park not too long ago? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did, we did. Okay, I was thinking that we had watched that one recently, but then we just haven't carried on with the next one yet. Yeah. There's so much content out there I gotta do, gotta introduce you to. <laughs> Well, you better make a checklist then. <laughs> yeah, we got one going so or far. Or as James Marsden describes it, a bucket list. A bucket list. Yeah, your bucket list of, of movies from my youth <laughs> that I insist on making you watch. <laughs> At least most of them have been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most of them have been really good. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. What else from uh, What else from the first Sonic movie? The fact that they didn't design Sonic like a rodent. (laughs) Like, seriously, the original Sonic design for the Sonic movie, he didn't even have gloves. (laughs) No, that was a travesty. It's it's a good thing that they changed that. Yeah, it is a really, like, it is definitely a really good thing that they changed it. (laughs) Um, I love the way that they set up the, the sequel in a couple different ways in that first one as well. The, um, with the, uh, the, the scene we get with Tails showing up was really great, but then also the scene with, uh, Eggman on that mushroom planet, <laughs> throwing the stone. Yes. Oh, whoa, kick the mic. Don't do that. <laughs> Rule number one, don't kick the mic. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about the first movie, um, what did you think of the way that they did the the intro on that? How it was, you know, like with this character Longclaw that, as far as I know, we've never seen 
really Sonic's. Have you ever seen Sonic's origin in the video games? Um, no, not really. So that was something that they had to make up whole cloth for the first movie. Well, I wouldn't say they made it up, which, okay, they kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they did, right? Yes. <laughs> um. Well, wh- what did you think of that? Were, were you cool with that origin story? Yeah, I was pretty cool with that. Especially when Sonic called an owl, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, all the different little pop culture references in that first movie were really funny, too. Like when he's talking about movie night at the be- at the beginning of the movie. And it's like playing the movie Speed. or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then also when he's like saying something about uh, Fast and the Furious, he's like, it's all about family. It's all about family, Tom. <laughs> Is that when they're in the truck run, yes. running from Eggman? That scene was fantastic also. Mm-hmm. Oh, the... Man, I'm just jumping all over the place on this, but... Uh, uh, the the scene where Jim Carrey first shows up at uh, at their house, that whole thing, the way that that all that played out with like the the ends with the raccoon eating the cake, yeah, <laughs> that's another favorite scene for that first movie. Um, now a lot of the the other thing that they kind of left dangling at the end of that first one was uh, the the army general guy showing up at their house and then giving them the the gift card. To Olive Garden? Yes. <laughs> so, like, um, was there anything else you wanted to say about the first one? Um, No, not really. Okay. So, I love the way that they picked up on all those threads in the sequel. Yes. Because, you know, it, in, you know spoilers ahead for Sonic 2. Yes. Um, Spoiler warning, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be kind of all over the place on this. But I, I wanted to start on like the different threads that they carry over um, <clears throat> with. Um, OK, so the movie opened up with with uh, Eggman on the, the mushroom planet. Right. Right. OK, so then it's carrying that, um, you know, thread over and, and showing. And, and I love the beginning of it with the uh, was I think that's called a Rube. Rube Goldberg machine or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> and the way that he had it set up, and and all so that he could try and brew a cup of coffee using mushrooms, which I can't imagine. Oh yeah, that would probably be disgusting. <laughs> like I love mushrooms. Like I love them on a pizza. Um, you know, in in I love mushrooms in a variety of things, but I can't imagine like squeezing them to have a drink. That sounds horrifying to me. Hey, I couldn't imagine putting them on ice cream either. Oh, no. <laughs> Mushrooms on ice. Why? What made you think of that? That's horrible. I have no idea. I just <laughs> thought of it. Oh, that is like the most vile ice cream topping I can think of. <laughs> Why do you need sprinkles when you can get mushrooms? Oh, gross. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the way that they introduced uh, Knuckles? I thought it was good. I think they definitely introduce him too quick. Not like that's more of a nitpick than like a real reason to hate Sonic too. <laughs> like it's more of a nitpick, but like. So you would have liked to have seen Knuckles like introduced a little bit later in the movie, like maybe like ten minutes in. I don't know because I feel like he's introduced like five minutes in. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> not not that it's like a big deal or anything. Just just saying. <laughs> um. Uh, what did you think of the way that Idris Elba did the voice work? 
I thought he was really I thought he was a really good Knuckles. So you have been I mean you've played pretty much like every Sonic game, right? Not like every Sonic game. <laughs> There's still many that I have not played. <laughs> I feel like that you've played I feel like you've played more Sonic games than I even know exist. <laughs> you know, you and your brother have been into, you know, I mean basically like vintage video game systems were the first things that I introduced to you guys. And so you've been playing Sonic the Hedgehog for as long as I can remember. Yeah, it was uh it was mainly on like Sonic Mega Collection Plus for the PS2. That's right. Yeah, that that is how that would have been the the first thing that would have been it would have been playable, right? Yeah, alongside Smuggler's Run and Midnight Club. <laughs> Those games are still hella fun. <laughs> yes, they are. Like for real though, like Smuggler's Run is the one of the best games for just open map just drive around try and i I just have fun it it was also a launch title for the ps2 like it launched alongside the ps2 fun fact that's pretty cool so did midnight club actually yeah and those are both rockstar games right yeah nice those were among the two first ps2 games that i got so i mean that makes sense that they were launch titles it does it it does (laughs) i mean it does make sense I love that you know all these random things. <laughs> yes, I'm like I'm like a knowledge book for pop culture. A knowledge book for pop culture. <laughs> uh, 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 okay, random fun fact. When did the first Sonic game come out? 1991. <laughs> Great. Who were the, was the creator? Yuji Naka. Nice. <laughs> what was the first system it was released on? Sega Genesis. What was it like? Uh, what was it released to be a competitor for? Uh, the SNES or Super Nintendo. <laughs> nice. So it was going head to head with what NES? Or be? well, technically the NES, since when Sonic One released, um, the SNES had not even released yet. Oh, when did the SNES release? Um, I don't know the exact release date. It was like, it was some time in like nineteen ninety, uh, nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety. Nice. See, like remembering dates and stuff like that is like not a strong point for me. So you must have got that. (laughs) You must have got that skill from your mom. (laughs) Yes, probably. (laughs) Anyway, back to Sonic 2. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I loved the way that they introduced Knuckles. I thought it was a lot of fun because, you know, the way that that last movie left off, I was like, okay, how... How is Dr. Robotnik going to get off of this world? Because seemingly the only technology that is there is going to be what he had with him. And and I liked the way that they did it, that he basically like blasted out this signal to space. And then, you know, it was Knuckles and, and, and his, you know, the people that were with him or whatever. Or, or no, they couldn't have been with him because he was saying he was by himself. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, yeah, Knuckles shows up and... um. And then, you know, they team up and and then we get the the intro with Sonic being the the superhero. Yes, or Blue Justice. <laughs> Blue Justice. <laughs> I thought that was really great. And there was some 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 of the rooftop scenes in there that were very reminiscent of like Batman comics that I thought that was really fun. Yes. Uh I really do want to start reading more Batman stuff. Like Oh. Oh, 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 you've come to the right place, my friend. I have so <laughs> many Batman books for you. 
<laughs> um, yeah. So what did you think of that beginning part? Like the way they introduced Sonic in this movie? I, I thought it was good. I like that it took place in Seattle because yeah. it's Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of Seattle. I just like the tower. Oh, <laughs> the space needle. Y- yes. Nice. Uh, I, I like that, Seattle. I think that's something that you can, they allow tourists to like go up in and look out of. Oh my God, really? I think so. I don't know. We'd have to Google it. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, I loved the whole scene in the armored car with all the bombs. I thought that was really funny. And the, the tied up guard giving Sonic a bunch of shit was pretty funny. Y- yes. <laughs> and the way he, dis- he dismantled the car, it was really reminiscent of that scene uh the the car chase after the uh the the casino scene in Black Panther. Yeah, that is actually pretty similar. Like that was what I was thinking like sitting there in the theater was oh this totally reminds me of that scene in Black Panther and you know except for you know uh was it is it um is it Nakoya? I, I was the one driving the car in that scene and she just comes sliding to a stop and nothing but the car seat. speaking of like stuff that like reminded me of stuff like when that one bomb fell into like the uh the sewer Mm -hmm. like i I was just like sitting in the theater thinking like why didn't they just do this to kill pennywise (laughs) they could just toss a bomb in there boom he's dead (laughs) have you watched those movies yet no and i pretty much don't want to (laughs) You just couldn't escape the 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 pop culture ripple of it that that it's just something that's on your radar whether you want it to be or not. I I, I really don't know. <laughs> it's like Justin Bieber, you know, it's on your radar whether you want it to be or not. <laughs> I don't mean to pick on Bieber. It was just the first one that popped into my head. <laughs> um uh, I really loved the whole Tom and Maddie of it in this movie. I felt like we got a lot less Tom than than we did in the yeah. first one. You know, we, but, you know, they're kind of off the way they did it. So where they're off doing their own thing and then the way that they brought that into the rest of the plot, I thought worked pretty well. But but I, I did miss the. I did miss the the team up so much of of James Marsden and Sonic because it did work and click really well in the first movie. Yes, the relationship did work really well in the first movie. Mm. But the way that that they set it up for Sonic to be with his friends from the games, I thought was done really, really well. Because Knuckles is introduced in the games in the same fashion, right? Yeah, like uh like Knuckles is essentially like tricked by Robotnik to think that like Sonic is after the Master Emerald, both in the game and the movie. Nice. So they really, really stuck to that plotline. Were you pretty excited about that? To yeah, see that in yeah the movie? I definitely was. Like, like, okay, these are kind of spoilers coming up here, though. I know we already presented a lot of spoiler warnings, but, like, <laughs> I don't care. But, like, <laughs> yeah, like, the scene where Knuckle, or where Robotnik betrays Knuckles, I saw that coming in an instant, an instant that Knuckles is introduced to the movie. Oh, like, yeah, you knew that that was going to end in a betrayal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because that's exactly kind of what happens in the game. Also, like, in the games, um, the Master Emerald is actually, like, huge. Like, it's actually way bigger than in Sonic Movie 2. Okay. Like, in Sonic Movie 2, it's, like, so tiny. 
I did like that scene where it broke apart and then you saw all the individual Chaos Emeralds in it. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the Chaos Emeralds, I think one of my uh, favorite scenes in Sonic 2 was uh, Super Sonic. Oh my gosh. As soon as those all went into him, I was sitting in my chair going, turn him yellow, turn him yellow, turn him yellow. (laughs) (laughs) It was so cool. It was so gratifying. Um, I know we jumped ahead quite a bit with that. Um, uh, The the other thing I wanted to ask is, Tails is introduced in Sonic 2, right? Well, technically the first movie via a credit scene, but... Well, no, I, I was talking video games, sorry. Oh, okay. I should have been more clear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Tails is introduced in the second game, right? Y- yes. Okay. And if I'm remembering correctly, he just kind of follows Sonic around. Yeah. Right? <laughs> is there much of like a any sort of origin storyline for Tails in the game, or did he just kind of show up? Uh, many people, I guess, have like speculated that like... uh. Just one day, Tails saw Sonic and just started following him around. <laughs> nice. That, because... that, that is kind of creepy, though, I gotta admit. <laughs> like, if you just saw a two-tailed fox start following you around, what would you do? <laughs> well, if I was a blue hedgehog that could run really, really fast, I suppose I'd just keep doing my thing. Is <laughs> it, it is, uh... So, is there much of a storyline like in the first two games, because it feels like the third game really did have a storyline. Yeah. But is there much of a storyline in the first two games? Kinda, I guess. I don't really know for sure. Is it is it that like Robotnik shows up in Green Hill Zone and like he has a machine that's turning the creatures in Green Hill Zone into robots that attack people, right? Yeah. Because that's what you're destroying at the end of the level, right? Yes. I think he's, like, looking for the Chaos Emeralds. Like, in in the first game, you don't turn into Supersonic due to the fact there's only, like, six. There's only, like, six Chaos Emeralds. Mm-hmm. In the rest of the games, there's seven. Oh, okay. And in the second one, you you can turn into Supersonic? Yes. Okay. And see, those are games that I just played a lot when I was a kid, but I don't know if I ever played them through to completion. But I remember really, really loving those Sonic games when... When I was probably a little bit younger than you, my neighbor that lived across the street uh, had all sorts of different video game systems. And so, like, the first NES that, like, I had at my house, like, it wasn't mine. It was Mike's <laughs> that, that, like, he loaned me because it was otherwise sitting in his closet. And then same with the first Sega. That wasn't mine. It was Mike's that he just, like, long-term loaned me. And so I got to play all these games, like, a lot, but I didn't actually own the systems until I was an adult and then I went back and was nostalgic for them and then bought them, you know, on eBay. Yeah, like uh like the Sega Genesis, Nintendo 64. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, almost all the the fun systems from my youth that I was pining over. Um and a lot of them I had to buy twice cuz I lost them in that flood in 2008. Oh yeah. <laughs> if I had cuz it one like that was the N64 we own now is the third N64 that I've bought off eBay. Oh my god. Yeah, freaking wild. <laughs> worth it though. Worth you know? <laughs> it. It was it was worth it. You know, because until they ported over uh Mario 64 to the Switch, you know, that was really the only way to play Mario 64. Was you, you had to have an N64 if you wanted to run around and play, you know, a deathmatch at Goldeneye or if you wanted to to play you know, Ocarina of Time, you needed to have that in 64. 
I don't I, like. I think I think there's definitely more ports of the uh, N64 games than the Sega games. Like, like no, I mean like there's obviously like many ports of the uh, N64 and Genesis games combined. Okay, you're like, just saying like, they're ported to other consoles. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. You're just saying that there there tends to be lots of N64 games that are ported over to other consoles. Y- yes. Yeah. That that's that's a wild world that we live in now. That like I've heard yeah. some people talk about like those like Raspberry Pi things. That it's like something that you can. Yeah, load I've watched on. I've watched videos on those before. <laughs> well, if you figure out how to make one, you know, <laughs> unofficially. Allegedly, you you could <laughs> show me how that works because it's technology that I can't even wrap my mind around. Before you know it, I'm going to be afraid of technology. You're going to have to be like running stuff for me, like my grandma with the VCR. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so anyway, back to Sonic. Yes, <laughs> we won't get off topic again. We probably no. We'll, this this podcast is nothing but going off topic, kid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are okay to go into the weeds on this <laughs> um okay yeah back to sonic um oh where were we at we were talking about we were talking about mainly like supersonic and yeah yes we kind of jumped to the to the end of the movie um okay so we got a bar scene in this movie but instead of you know the 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 fight that turns into the the slow-mo sonic fest this one has a dance-off. So what did you think of the dance-off in this movie? I, I, I guess we don't have to say explicitly, you know, versus the, the slow-mo scene from the first one. But w- what did you think of the dance-off scene in this? I thought it was good, for the most part. <laughs> I thought it was I don't really know, funny. I don't know why they played Uptown Funk out of all things, but like... <laughs> what would you have rather heard? Um... Okay, fair point. <laughs> you just think old town uptown funk's a little played out. Yeah, it's it's just a weird song choice. <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> um the the whole scene um with them in Hawaii was a lot of fun. Mhm. Um I loved the way that they did that whole thing with the in in this was all spoiled in the trailers too. We knew that that ring was going to get thrown during the ceremony and a bunch of snow was going to come through and ruin the wedding. Like we all saw that coming, but I did not see the turn coming with, with her fiance. Yeah. I I felt like though that like, um, that they could have like removed some of that stuff. And I feel like it would have been the movie kind of would have been the same. Do you think that they should have cut out some of that subplot? Yeah. Just to reduce the, the runtime a little bit? Yeah, and like maybe focus it more towards Tails, Knuckles, or Robotnik. Yeah. That's really not a bad idea because like kind of that, let's get back to the Tails of it with this because that was one of the other threads from the first movie that was carried over into this where we picked up in almost that exact same spot with, with Tails, you know, showing up up on top of that cliff you know, seeing Green Hill down hills. in the distance, yeah, Green Hills down in the distance, and you know, flying off with his tails, you know, tail copter in in search of Sonic. Um, I really liked the way that he was introduced. How he just showed up, and Sonic was like, "Who the heck is he? Who the heck is this guy?" You know, because that was something that I thought of at the end of the first movie when it showed Tails, and he's like, "Oh, Sonic's this way," and it's like, "Well." 
you know, according to the backstory we had here, Sonic came here when he was a kid. And how do you, how does Tails know Sonic? And I really liked the way they did it in this one where Sonic was like, how do you know who I am? And Tails was like, oh, well, when you did that energy burst, you know, I, you know, in the first movie, <laughs> which, yes, which, you know, he, he says differently, of course. But when you did that energy burst, you know, it put you on my radar and I've kind of been following your adventures ever since. And when I saw that Knuckles is Knuckles the Echidna. Yes. So when, when Knuckles the Echidna was on his way, you know, he had to get involved and show up. And and the way that they set this up with the the boat scene at the beginning of the movie with Tom telling Sonic you know that you know your your chance to be a hero is going to come you know eventually it, uh, it, yeah kind of eventually i thought that was a really nice scene with them there because cuz he really does kind of have like a a, a father son relationship with sonic yes that, that i think that is true and then carrying on from that when they're at the wedding and he's seeing you know the fiance and all his friends and he's saying to his wife you know he's saying to maddie like oh so I want wish Sonic had that he doesn't he's all alone he doesn't have you know a crew of friends with him and so it's really you know telegraphing from the beginning of the movie we're setting up Sonic to have his friends from the video games and you know even though they they telegraph that so plainly you know with dialogue like that and stuff it worked out in a way that I was really really happy I mean I feel like this movie like made me tear up with joy like a handful of times just at different things than Easter eggs and stuff like that. I was seeing the way that the plot came together. Um, it, it worked out really well. I do agree with you that I think some of that, even though I really, really enjoyed the subplot with the, the, with the sister-in-law, just because that actress is hilarious in the way that she plays off how much she dislikes Tom, who's like, seriously, the most likable guy in the world. And it's that was like a really funny part from the first movie. And so I was excited to see that carry over into this next one. But I totally agree with your point that it would have been better to cut that out and reduce the runtime on this. And, you know, because this is kind of like a popcorn movie. It's like, do you really need it to be two hours long? Yeah, it's like two hours and two minutes. So it's like 20 minutes longer. Like, technically, it's like, yeah, it's like 22 minutes longer than the first film. Oh, okay. So the first one was hour 40? Hour 38. Oh, okay, hour 38. I don't know how math works. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have to go back to school again? Or uh... <laughs> Well, it just works out really well that I understand what my weaknesses are, and I rely on a calculator for like all the time. Because when I was a, in school and teachers were like, what, are you going to rely on a calculator? You're just going to carry it in your pocket all the time? And it's like, it works out really well that way Because nowadays. phones have calculators. <laughs> Indeed. So you can just carry a calculator in your pocket. <laughs> yep. And it's my excuse to be a mathematical dum-dum. <laughs> I-, I was having a drink of some apologies. No, <laughs> no worries. Don't need to apologize. Um, uh, let's see. Um... Oh, the the scene with the temple. Yes, it, it, it like okay when Sonic first entered, I feel like it was a it was a reference to Labyrinth Zone from the first Sonic game, because uh, there was like like in Labyrinth Zone they have these little like water slides that Sonic slides down, and so yeah, and that and that's what immediately it thought me of. It's like oh wow, it's it's actually Labyrinth Zone. <laughs> See, at first, when the water opened up, I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be like an underwater level. 
Mm-hmm. And so in my head, I'm like, we've got to get that scene where he's underwater and he's running out of air and a big water bob- bubble comes up and then he like, you know, pop, whoop, makes <laughs> that sound in the game. <laughs> and and we actually got that. I mean, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't get it. So, you know, like you said, it was more like the labyrinth level. But yes. or labyrinth zone, yeah, like easily the worst stage in Sonic One due to the fact <laughs> that it's so slow. <laughs> I remember, like, I remember playing playing a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog One. Um, the first time I actually ever played it was, um, uh, so uh, when I was a little kid, and and you know, my mom, your grandma, would take me shopping for clothes, and we would go to. Uh, J.C. Penney in Westdale Mall, which I don't know if you've ever. It's not even really a mall anymore. It's it's they kind of like deconstructed a bunch of it, and so it's one of those things from my youth that is now no longer around. Um, but one of the cool things about going to J.C. Penney was they had a Sega display set up in one of the aisles with like you know how you can go into like stores now. Yeah, and, and, and there's like Nintendo Switch uh, display setups. Yes. So the first time that I'd ever seen that was with Sega and the game that they had on there was Sonic one. And so I would always just stand there while mom was going around picking out clothes and stuff that I was eventually going to have to get drug into a dressing room to try on. (laughs) But until then it was like, I was standing there, you know, waiting in line or actually on the controller playing Sonic one and just having the best time with it. But being like, Oh, you know, they've, they've never bought me a video game system. I'm not going to be able to definitely not going to be able to get this, awesome brand new Sega Genesis, you know, that had just recently come out. And, but that was my first introduction to the character. And when I started playing Sonic two, I pretty much abandoned Sonic one because you can't do the, yeah, the the spin dash in Sonic one. There you go. And I got so used to doing the spin dash in Sonic two that it got frustrating for me to play Sonic one. And so I just like kind of put it away at one point and never went back to it. Yeah, actually there has been a, um, I think in like 2011, there was like a a mobile phone remaster of Sonic 1 that included a spin dash mode so you could like turn on a spin dash and then Sonic would be able to spin dash in Sonic 1. That was the the one that you guys were playing a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking you and your brother both had that on on your phones at one time. And and I don't know, this whole thing sounds very familiar. <laughs> that there was some port that was brought over where they actually added the spin dash to it. And it's like, that's really all that game needed. Because it sucks balls being at the bottom of like some ramp. And like you need to spin dash to be able to run up the thing. Like who wants to run back a bunch and get speed going? Yeah. So I- <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> um, The... Oh, uh, let's see. What else was there? Oh, 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 one of my favorite parts. The, um, when, um, Dr. Robotnik takes the, the, uh, the, is it the Master Emerald? Master Emerald. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then he goes back to Green Hill and then he assembles the, the De- Death Egg Robot. The Death Egg Robot. That part was so cool. And also, it blew my mind that they gave us Pantera's. Uh, song walk during that scene you know those those metal power chords that started playing oh (laughs) i know you've heard me play it in the car before (laughs) we're cool we drive around listen to vulgar display of power on the way to go get groceries yeah (laughs) 
Uh, so what did you think of the Death Egg robot? Was we were you pretty stoked to see that? Yeah, I was I was really stoked to see that. Like it, like when I first saw it in the trailer, my mind was just blown. Like they're actually bringing in the Death Egg robot. Like that's insane. Oh, I guess I must have I don't think I really watched the trailers too much for this one. So that was in the trailer that that we were going to get the Death Egg robot? Yeah. There was, like, actually multiple trailers for Sonic 2 released. One of them was called, like, the fastest trailer ever, and it was, like, two minutes and 32 seconds. But, like, what they did (laughs) was, like, they sped up the whole trailer, like, and it was, like, only, like, 30 seconds. And then they said, regular speed trailer tomorrow, and then, like, the rest of the two minutes is just the logo and its release date. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, like, it's so unique. (laughs) Do the do the voices and everything sound all crazy sped up? Also, no, no. It's it was mainly like most of it was like actual. It was mostly just like clips from the movie and like throwaway pictures. Like one of them, hilariously, was the original Sonic design crossed out. <laughs> <laughs> one, and one of them was like Idris Elba in his bed with like knuckles gloves, <laughs> like real life Idris Elba. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> like Ben Schwartz and like Sonic shoes. <laughs> and then it actually showed like some actual movie clips. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, so yeah, I was, I did, I really wasn't up on the promotional stuff at all. Like they didn't have to say anything beyond Sonic 2 original cast is returning. Oh, and you're also getting Knuckles and Tails. And I was like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, the characters, um, Another spoiler, like, uh, for the post-credit scene, Shadow. Shadow the Hedgehog, yay. Okay, so fill people in on who Shadow is and what's his story. So, Shadow was this, like, um, he's called, like, the ultimate life form and was created 50 years ago by, um, Robotnik's grandfather, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, and, um... And then, like, at one point, the government, like, discovered Shadow and, like, hid him away for, like, 50 years. Okay, so, like, really what we saw in the movie, in that post credit scene, is, like, right along with the storyline from the game. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I I definitely was uh, pretty mind-blown that they were were bringing in Shadow. But then, like, uh, at, at one point, he, like, escapes, or, yeah, like, essentially... Robotnik, and then, like, 50 years later, Robotnik, like, breaks into a military base and saves Shadow. Okay. And so, is it kind of like the the Knuckles relationship with him again, where he's like, okay, now I'm going to team up with somebody else and try and get them to fight Sonic? Kinda, I guess. I mean, like, he's definitely teamed up with Robotnik, but it's not like with Knuckles, where, like, Robotnik is going to eventually betray him. Like... Eventually, in the game, which is Sonic Adventure 2. That's where Shadow was first introduced? Yes. Wow, what year did that come out? 2001, actually. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) Okay, anyway. So, yeah, so essentially, like, like Eggman, or Robonic, he blows off, like, half the moon. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) So then, like, out. So then, like, also, like, Sonic is getting, like, framed because, uh, he looks similar to Shadow, even though they don't even look that similar, (laughs) which is proof that, like, because there's humans in the adventure games, 
aka Adventure 1 and 2. And in Adventure 2, they feel so... I, I feel like they're just stupid. <laughs> they need to make them stupid for the plot to work, right? Well, obviously, yes. <laughs> so, what is Shadow's relationship with Sonic and his friends? Well, okay. I, I think, of a, think of Shadow as like an anti-villain. Kind of like that, or anti-hero. I I, I don't an know. An anti-hero? Okay. Anti-hero, okay. It's like, sometimes he, he's a good guy, other times he's a bad guy, it feels like. Okay, so do you feel like we're going to get a storyline where he's teamed up with with Robotnik, or do you think they're going to try and do something different so that it's not so close in, in story to this second movie? Kinda, I mean, I don't really know, honestly. I think if I had to guess, like... I think they're going to try and replicate the Adventure 2 story. Like, I think that's definitely what they're going to try and do. Much like with how Sonic 2 recreated the Sonic 3 story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so in... the What was the name of that game again? Sonic Adventure 2. Okay, so in Sonic Adventure 2, Robotnik finds out about uh, Shadow in this research facility and then breaks in and busts him out? Kinda, I guess. Kinda. And then, like, Sonic starts getting framed for looking like Shadow. Because is Shadow going around causing trouble then? Yes. Okay. Like, um, like the military is actually after him, which is hilarious because that's kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog 2020. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if they will follow that then, because it's like now, you know, Sonic's kind of on ground with the military that, you know, we, you know, we saw that you came in and saved the day in this and you know clearly they're leaving him alone by the end yeah. of the movie and so if if shadow gets busted loose by eggman and then starts going around and doing stuff that making it look like sonic's being a menace then you know he's going to have to like you said he's going to be framed and he's going to have to try and clear himself that could exactly. be a really fun storyline and then it would be different from the second movie yeah i actually think that that would be a pretty smart um storyline so uh jeff fowler if you're listening we have advice <laughs> is that the like writer director of this yeah he, he's the director <laughs> see if i were also if, a producer of fast and furious oh he's a fast and furious producer also yes how about that <laughs> i mean both the franchises are about going fast so <laughs> and about family apparently too right <laughs> <laughs> I loved it when they brought up the 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 struggle between the echidnas and the owls. Yes. And and he's like, it's just like the rock and Vin Diesel. <laughs> the struggle that's been going on since the dawn of time or something. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty funny. Those will be some of the uh that's another list of movies that you're we're gonna have to dive into at some time. You'll have to watch all those fast movies. Yes, fast and furious. <laughs> around five i think is where i started like really like i liked all of them i thought they were all good watches um but around i think it was at five i think like five six and seven were my real favorites not three though Uh, three the first time i watched three okay so here was my journey with the fast and furious movies i watched the first one like when it came out and i thought it was a lot of fun and it was really cool had a lot of fun with it. Then I didn't touch the franchise again for a long time. And then I was on a friend's podcast called Seen It 
uh, seen it cast and doing movie reviews with them. Okay. And sometimes on their shows, they would do older movies. So it'd be like a couple new movies and an older movie. And the older movie that or they Or a vintage movie. A vintage movie. <laughs> vintage. <laughs> yeah. And so that one was, they were like kind of going through and doing all these Fast and Furious movies. And so I just happened to be on for the third one, Tokyo Drift. And so I watched it having watched the first one like 20 years ago and then not seeing the second one and then just going right into Tokyo Drift. And I'm like, what? These are all different characters. Oh, like, I, I thought that, I thought I, I thought those, I thought that was the third movie, not the not, not the second one. Oh, you oh. thought Tokyo Drift was the second one? Or yeah, no, I thought like Tokyo Drift was the third movie. Yes, Tokyo Drift is the third one. Okay, I was right. <laughs> you, you just kind of confused me for a second. So <laughs> Sorry like, about what? that. Uh, uh, so yeah, so I went into the third. I was watched the third one without having having watched the second one, but it really didn't matter because the third one's got all these different characters and stuff in it. And apparently if you like measure it out in the timeline, it actually takes place further in the future. And so I guess it didn't really matter at the time, but I remember the first time I watched Tokyo drift, I was like, I don't really like this. But then when I was on my rewatch and I watched it, I enjoyed it a lot more. Hmm. And then, you know, they eventually then bring those characters in. I think it might've been in the ninth one, which really wasn't that great, but I don't know. I'll let you make up your own mind on them. We'll watch them sometime and, you can make up your own mind what you think about them. <laughs> well, that's another movie franchise on the bucket list. <laughs> yeah, there's another one for us. Hmm. I don't know. Some pop-up on the computer screen. I'm like, what the hell is that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get pop-ups on my computer screen like all the time. I just have to click off them. Yeah. <laughs> just, just always click no <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with somebody trying to get you to download something. It's not today, Russian bot. <laughs> um uh is there i don't know i guess is there anything else you want to say about sonic um no not really <laughs> right on so yeah i absolutely loved both of those movies uh this is one that we'll for sure you know be buying as soon as it comes out in digital we'll be owning yes. it because i can't wait to see it again yeah much like Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> yeah, that was one we bought right where when it came out. Yes. Yeah, that was a great movie. God, that really was. It was a really fun movie experience, uh, theater experience too to go through, it, go it, to with both of you guys. It was definitely one of my favorite movies of 2021. Like, yeah, yeah, we really got spoiled with MCU content in 2021. Also, mm. of course, we had to go through that drought in 2020 to get there. Yes. Um, actually, that works out perfect. Yeah. Um, so we've been seeing like lots of these MCU movies. I mean, you've seen all of them. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. I should have been better prepared here. I had meant to pull, <laughs> I had meant to pull all this stuff up. Um, so, you know, being that there's so many MCU movies out there now. We've got four phases of them. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would be fun to go through um, kind of like, you know, one at a time. Not one at a time like each movie, but, <laughs> you know, like the I thought it'd be fun to go through kind of each phase and, and just kind of do some some highlights and touch bases on. What, what do you think? I, I like that. <laughs> okay. I think it sounds fun. All right. So let's see. Phase one. So we got Iron Man. 
Iron Man 2, uh, Thor, Captain America, First Avenger, and The Incredible Hulk. Uh, and then Avengers. Avengers concluded that one. So, I mean, there are some really strong movies in there. I think a, a lot of people always have Iron Man, you know, maybe in their top five of, of all MCU movies. I think the first Avengers movie ranks up pretty high in there also. Yes. Um, you know, obviously phase one is lots of, it, you know, it, introduction it, movies. Yeah, it's like the beginning. <laughs> so, like, what what were some of your favorites from from phase one? The, the, I have so many favorites from phase one. For one thing, the first Iron Man movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there also is Avengers. Yeah, that first Avengers movie really blew my mind the first time I saw that. Yeah, it's far better. Like, I'm probably going to mention this later, but it's far better than Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah, Age of Ultron was pretty disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, mostly I think the, that the plot in Age of Ultron, Age of Ultron just Ultron. tried- Ultron. The Ultron. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> The plot in that one was just all over the place. And and seeing Quicksilver go out the way he did was just a travesty. Um, this is how well we stay on point. We're talking about phase one and discussing phase two movies. Yeah, we, we just jump to phase two, then just jump back to phase one. It, it's pretty right on par for this podcast, so we'll just roll with it. Um, <laughs> I think my – I always have a hard time with phase one because it's like I liked all of the movies. yeah. In in phase one to a certain extent, you know, like, but they remind me also, this was before I was going and seeing the MCU movies in the theater, because when these first started coming out, like, that was, like, uh, Incredible Hulk and Iron Man both came out in 2008, right? Yeah. So, when those movies came out, um, I really wasn't going to the theater much in those days. Like, it was... It was pretty rare. Like I, I had like a very long break in my life in between theater experiences. Like at one time, it was just I went for like several years without going and seeing a movie in the theater. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, and then especially once I got into climbing, you know, and it was like every little bit of extra money I had was being saved to buy the next piece of gear, <laughs> and so I was, and also every bit of free time was devoted to either, you know, climbing on a a wall in a garage or you know, climbing limestone or something somewhere outside. And so I just didn't have time to like really go to the theaters, but it was really common for me to get done from like a climbing session out in the garage and come inside and, you know, you and your brother and, 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 and your mom would all be asleep. And so I'd like have the house all to myself. And I always had phase one movies on our DVR at the time. And so then I'd just sit down and, you know, watch Thor or watch Captain America, the first Avenger, or, you know, watch the Incredible Hulk, watch Iron Man, Iron Man 2, being, like, okay. all those phase one movies. It just takes me back to those days where it was something that it was, it was like as obsessed as I was with climbing. Like I really loved those MCU movies <laughs> and and like, it was like some of the only content I was watching besides like climbing videos and stuff. And so it was really fun and I think eventually, I think the first one that I maybe went and saw in the theater might have been Captain America Civil War. Oh my God, wow. That might have been the first MCU movie that I actually went and saw in the theater. But for a long time, I was like, I was spending all my time out in the woods. You know, I wasn't 
going and sitting in a theater. But these movies were were roping me in after the fact once they'd been released out, you know, on cable and then, you know, started mm-hmm. buying them on digital and stuff like that to start putting my library together. Um, but I've got a lot of really nostalgic memories from from phase one. And I, I know the Incredible Hulk movie gets bagged on a lot. But yeah, so does Iron Man 2. Like, Iron Man 2 is one of the most, like, underrated MCU movies, in my opinion. In, in like, what I, I agree with you. I love I, Iron Man 2. I really do. Like, warts and all, I don't care. I like that movie. Um, <laughs> I, I think Mickey Rourke's portrayal of Whiplash is comical at times. And also, that movie, you can't discount that movie because that's where we got Justin Hammer and uh, Sam, Sam Rockwell. Did, did Justin Hammer? Did Justin Hammer say stop? It's Hammer time. <laughs> no, I don't think they wanted to write a check to MC Hammer. Okay, <laughs> but um, Justin Hammer is so funny in that movie. He plays such a great villain, and I'm sure we're getting him back in the upcoming Armor Wars series. And so it's oh. going to be really great to get him back because he was so much fun. Um, but yeah, if if I had to put something at the bottom. You know, just because we are making, the you know, kind of a what's on the bottom, what's on the top type list here. I have to put the Incredible Hulk movie at the oh, bottom. Yeah. But that's not to say that it's bad or that I like it or, you know, like, in the MCU as a whole, I don't I, I don't think it's like bottom five of the MCU as a whole. But I know it would be on lots of other people's lists. It's like, so what you're saying is like, it's not a bad movie, but it's not like an amazing one. Well, no. I mean, it's certainly not top tier. It's not even if you want to look at just the origin movies. I don't think it's top tier among those, but it's certainly not bottom tier either. That that is true. <laughs> I don't know. What would you put at the bottom among those the Phase One releases? Uh probably Incredible Hulk. Honestly, yeah. But but like, you don't think it's a bad movie? No, I don't think it's terrible. Yeah. Um. Okay, so yeah, okay, so then phase two would have been, that was Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Captain America Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. What a phase two. <laughs> so I think we're, we'd both agree with putting Age of Ultron at the bottom of that, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even if Thor the Dark World is mediocre, like, y- yeah. Oh, or would we put Dark World under it? Yeah, we just kind of forgot Dark World existed. Gosh, if both of the okay, we're gonna do it like that that MCU quiz that's online, you know, that helps you rank them. So if we put both of those choices in front of you right now, would you rather watch the Dark World or would you rather watch Age of Ultron? Which one are you gonna watch? Um, I really don't know. I, I think I'd pick Age of Ultron though, because it's like, okay, yeah, Age of Ultron is mediocre, but like. I feel like I would just rather watch Age of Ultron. And we do get the the banner versus the Hulkbuster fight and that, which is pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Go to sleep. Please go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I think I would. I think I think I would watch Age of Ultron over the Dark World also. Um, man. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we got to put Dark World at the at the bottom. Or I I think I'm going to put Dark World at the bottom of my Phase Two list. Mm, yeah, but you know I'm not the biggest fan of Iron Man Three. Yeah, I I think it's worse than Iron Man Two. It's my least favorite of the Iron Man movies out of the Iron Man trilogy. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and like, really, I would rank those movies in the order that they came out. Like, the first one was the best, second one was the second best, the third one was the worst. Or the third best. Yeah, the third best. There we go. <laughs> that puts a positive spin on it. <laughs> uh, but this has, like, one of my favorite uh, MCU movies in the, uh, well, a couple of them, really. Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America Winter Soldier. Yes, Captain America Winter Soldier. I really like that movie. They're really, really among like my favorites in in all the MCU movies. Yeah, the the villain actually of Winter Soldier, like the actor, he actually went into auditions because his grandchildren told him to actually. Oh, Robert Redford? Yeah. Yeah. See, I grew up watching Robert Redford in a movie called Jeremiah Johnson. Which now exists today in in GIF meme culture of, you know, people, most people see this meme and they're probably like have no idea that it's from this movie called Jeremiah Johnson, which is this great movie about this dude who like goes into, um, uh, it's kind of like the, I think it's like the Wyoming, Montana kind of area up there. And it's like, you know, back in like the mid 1800s, somewhere in there. And he goes out to try and uh, live as like a, a trapper or like, you know, somebody who like hunts bears and um, trades in like skins and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. It's a really, really great adventure movie. It's got some really funny stuff in it. He There's this one part in the movie where he meets up with this old guy who's been living in the mountains doing it for a very, very long time. And so this old guy is like a grizzly bear hunter. And so... Um, he's talking with Jeremiah Johnson and like, he's like, are you sure that you can skin Grizz? And he's like, I can skin most anything you can catch. Something something to that effect. Well, then it shows this scene where you just see this old guy like covered in furs, big white beard, like Santa Claus, like running through the snow, laughing maniacally. And you just, and it's this big grizzly bear chasing him through the snow. And the old guy runs right into Jeremiah Johnson's house and just dives out a back window. And so he just runs the bear right into his cabin with him. (laughs) The old guy's out in the snow laughing. And then you just hear all this commotion in the, in the cabin. And then eventually a gunshot. And then the next scene, they're like eating bear meat. Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) That got dark incredibly quickly. Oh, it's such a funny scene, though. And he's like, the old guy lands in the snow and he's like, you skin that one pilgrim and I'll get you another. It's so funny. (laughs) Anyway, that was the Robert Redford of my youth when he was a very, you know, young strapping lad playing a mountain man. (laughs) But I was really excited to see him in Winter Soldier. And he didn't, you know, put in this performance where he phoned it in. He was very believable in the beginning as like you know like a sympathetic person and then you really start to see the change in him and then you know when he's meeting in his kitchen with the winter soldier and you're like oh he's a very bad guy yes he's a twist villain <laughs> like i absolutely loved winter soldier i loved everything about it it was the best you know it's the best winter soldier action that we've gotten because it's almost like every single time bucky's on the screen since you know he's well, a good guy. Well, yeah, and and you can also argue that he's not going to have that level of, you know, ruthlessness and ferocity if he's not operating under the Winter Soldier programming. So I can buy that. But man, the st- the scenes that we get with him as the Winter Soldier are just absolutely badass. Yes, in, in that movie, and then also the Guardian, first Guardians of the Galaxy. Like it, it's a top ten. Like, I mean, it, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what can you even? 
there's nothing bad that can be said about those movies. You know, it's fantastic team up. James Gunn took this cast of characters that most people hadn't heard of. Including Chris Pratt. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think fans of Parks and Rec knew who he was, though. Yes. <laughs> he, he was in Parks and Recreation, right? Parks and Rec, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> rec being short for recreation. He's also in the Mario movie that's coming up here. <laughs> the up- And he's also going to be the voice of Garfield, I just saw recently. Oh my god, really? <laughs> he's going to be loving lasagna and hating Mondays, apparently. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, the soundtrack in that first Guardians movie, I mean, that's a, a, a huge hit of a movie. And, you know, and, and not to say anything bad about about Ant-Man. I thought Ant-Man was fun. Yeah. Like I, I liked all the shrinking stuff. I thought it had a a, a very serviceable plot. You know, it, it yes. has, you know, one of those one-off villains that we just get in that movie and then they're, you yeah, know, and, seemingly uh, killed off. Yeah, and then they're just gone. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, I think that pretty much covers it on those. Um, so, uh, phase three, that would have been Captain America Civil War. Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, and Avengers Infinity War, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, and then Avengers Endgame. Yep, and then uh, Spider-Man Far From... Oh, I think... I, isn't Far From Home fourth phase? I, I think it is. I, at least I think. It's uh, unless this list is wrong. Okay, I, I think it's saying that this was yeah, because this is saying Phase Four's group of films began with Black Widow. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. This is Wikipedia, so if they're wrong, I don't know. Blame them. <laughs> <laughs> so quite a few movies in 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 that one. Yeah, way more than the first two. Um. I think I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, yeah, Volume Two is uh sort of underrated. Like, like you know, like many people, I feel like compare it to the first one, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> I I do remember seeing Volume Two in theaters though. Yeah, we saw that one in 3D. Yes, 3D, which is one of the only movies we've seen in 3D. <laughs> yeah, we're not big 3D movie goers, are we? Nah. <laughs> we we like 2D visuals, not 3D. <laughs> 2D. <laughs> I want to watch my movie in 2D, not 3D. Well, we'll be seeing um Doctor Strange 2 into the into the multiverse of madness in 3D. Yes. So that'll be interesting. Isn't it weird how we've seen two how we're going to see two sequels in 3D? Like oh, that is kind of funny. Like two MCU sequels in 3D. <laughs> It is really hard to pick a winner out of this one. There are lots of great movies at this because you got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Thor Ragnarok, Black oh, Panther, yeah. and Infinity War, and Endgame. Yeah, Endgame's part of Phase Three. It is, isn't it? Did, yes. did they leave it out of this? Yeah. Um, oh, there it is. I totally okay. missed it in this list. Yeah, Infinity War and Endgame. So I mean, Phase Three had a lot of really great movies. Um. I think a lot of people would, a lot of people didn't like Captain Marvel. I thought it was fun. Yeah, um, I thought Captain Marvel was sort of underrated. I thought the first Doctor Strange was really great also. The yes. Spider-Man Homecoming was one that I feel like every time I rewatch it, it grows on me more. 
Yeah, because it's like, it feels more like an Iron Man movie than, not like, even, like, it does, it is a Spider-Man movie, but, like, there's so much Tony Stork. I almost said Stork. <laughs> That's really ironic that you'd mess up your own last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, I feel... Like, it feels like there's so much Tony Stark. <laughs> Was it Tony Stank? <laughs> Thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> Not going away anytime soon. <laughs> that was at the end of Civil War, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Yes, it was the end of Civil War. <laughs> so, yeah, Phase 3 had lots of really, really great flicks in it. Like, I'd, I'd have a hard time really putting something at the bottom of this. Yeah, like, all the movies are are good man man what would it gosh because that also ant-man and the wasp i had a lot of fun with that movie i've always i've like really enjoyed that one on rewatches too i'm just a sucker for the, the... for shrinking things it, i am it really works for me in the way that they slot comedy into those ant-man movies works for me also i know all the the comedy in those ant-man movies doesn't work for everybody but man it works for me and you you like you know, knock somebody out with a giant Pez dispenser, and that's just funny to me. Yeah, it's shaped like Hello Kitty. <laughs> you know, even though, like, if you think too hard about the physics in the Ant-Man movies, it really doesn't work yeah. at, at all. But if you just shut your brain off and just go, oh, I'm going to have fun with this. And also... um, Like, if you don't think about it logically. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, um... Oh, I'm... I'm Paul Rudd is just fantastic. I, I love Paul Rudd. I've I've liked him and stuff ever since I was a teenager, and I saw him in Clueless. And yeah, Paul Rudd was recently in this Lay's ad. Like I keep seeing it like everywhere. It's like this like Lay's ad with like another actor, where it's like they're like remembering when they were like with Lay's or whatever. I have no idea. <laughs> it's a confusing ad or commercial or. They mean the same thing. I've, I've, <laughs> well done. You're like a human thesaurus. <laughs> yes. Hello. I am the human thesaurus. <laughs> um, oh, what was that? Where was I at with that? Uh, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Paul yeah. Rudd. Loved Paul Rudd in that. Um, I've been a fan of Evangeline Lilly ever since my days of watching Lost. Um, so I, and also Michael Douglas is Hank Pym. He's, he's really, yes. he's always great. I've been a fan of Michael Douglas since I was a kid also. Um. Oh, what else do we got? Oh, Black Panther. That movie was so good. Yes. Oh, that was rough to rewatch recently when we did our rewatch of the MCU. Yeah. Um, that was an emotional watch for me. Uh, I'm excited to see the Black Panther two, and yeah, what was it Wakanda Forever? Yeah, I think um, that's what they're calling it. Um. Yeah. Excited to see that, and 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 how what they're going to do with that character moving forward yeah because you know it's not going to be chadwick boseman obviously yeah and since he died of cancer Mm -hmm. and they're going to have to do it in in a way that's you know respectful to him but then in my opinion they also you know they they'd be they'd be denying the you know the fans you know don't deny fans this character because you know t'challa he he means a lot to to little kids you know of color that were able to look up at the screen and see this you know this MCU hero that absolutely blew up 
yeah. and, and see themselves represented in it. You know, kind of like when little kids of, of of color, you know, see Miles Morales, you know, take off the mask and they're like, oh my gosh, Spider-Man looks like me. You know, that's, you know, growing up white, that's something that's really easy for us to take take for granted that, you know, mm-hmm. there's all these different heroes, especially going back to like the golden age of comics and stuff that they look more or less like us. And so that's one of those characters that I'd really like to see them find a respectful way to, you know, bring in a new T'Challa and, and keep that going for, for fans of the MCU. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'd say if I had to put anything at the top of the list, I'm probably going to put infinity war. As like your favorite MCU movie of like all of them or just the, the top of phase three. Yeah. Probably just the top of phase three. It might be my favorite. I see Infinity War is a very very good one. It's got so many great scenes in it. Like I like that it focuses on Thanos a lot. Like it feels like Thanos is the main character when he's really not. <laughs> it I mean it does kind of feel that way. And also they did such a good job of painting him as a sympathetic villain and you know a sympathetic villain that that has an absolutely unspeakable plan, but it's like you hear it and you're like I understand where you're coming from. I just really don't like your plan (laughs) i don't like your plan of genocide mr thanos (laughs) yeah it's like if you can take out half the people can't you make twice as many resources with that magic club (laughs) problem solved (laughs) resources have doubled um man i don't know what i would put at the bottom of this list though like if i if i had to pick something to put at it like and and this is kind of like the, that phase one argument also, where it's like, I'm putting this at the bottom, but it doesn't mean that I think it's a bad movie or anything, but it, it would have to be between Spider-Man Homecoming and Captain Marvel, I think. Like, again, not like any of these movies are terrible. No. And Captain Marvel had some, like, truly badass scenes in it, where she, like, uh, goes and starts blasting through that Kree warship that shows up at the end. Oh my God. Yeah. That scene is so cool. I absolutely loved it. And also, also like an Avengers end game. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she does that to Thanos's ship also. Yes. Is that the sanctuary or something like that? Yeah. Is that the name of his ship? I don't know. First Ronan, then Thanos. <laughs> and, uh, so, okay. Yeah. So then phase four, we got black widow, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, uh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Eternals. Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, what, did they leave the Disney shows off of this? So what, with the shows, we had WandaVision. Um, Cap- or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> um, Loki. Loki. I think then it was What, what if? if. Hawkeye. And then recently, Moon Knight. And then Moon Knight coming up. So yeah, Phase Four is really interesting because this is the you know the advent of us getting the Disney Plus shows. Like yeah, there were Marvel series or Marvel TV shows prior, like Daredevil. Uh, yeah, it's just at the time Defenders. when they came out, you know, they weren't really part of the MCU, but now they kind of are, which is which is interesting. That but now they're also, they're, uh, they're also stuff like Agent Carter. Yes. Yep. Have you ever watched any of that? No, no, I don't actually think I have. No. Neither have I. That's one of those blind spots that I've got that I need to go back and watch it sometime because I love uh, Haley Atwell, who plays Agent Carter. And then I'm blanking on the actor's name right now, but he was the one who played Howard Stark in the first Avenger. He plays Howard Stark in that series also, and I really have a good time with him. Um, totally blanking on that actor's name. Uh, but I, I've really, really loved the Disney Plus TV shows. I like that it gives 
the 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 plot more room to breathe. Yeah. And it's also been really fun doing the week to week, you know, that buildup of expectations. You know, we're doing that with Moon Knight right now. We've gotten the first two episodes. And what are you thinking of Moon Knight so far? I really haven't. I have been enjoying Moon Knight. Like a lot. Yep. I've been really, really liking it, too. And um, the the way that the character's done in the comics is that it's like every time a new author comes in, it's different. And so I feel like this storyline that they're this narrative that they're giving us in the show is right on par with what, with what you'd get reading a Moon Knight comic in many senses. Like if you're starting it off with this new author, you know, you're, you're kind of starting off with, okay, let's see how they're going to do this because every time a new author comes in, they retcon stuff. Yeah. So, okay. I saw this like fake comic panel of like Spider-Man talking to Moon Knight (laughs) and like Moon Knight is just like, hello, I'm Mark. And then, and then he's like, uh, oh wait, now I'm Steven. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of those, a lot of those like Moon Knight comics that are like panels that you see online the dialogue in them has been faked. Yeah. Which is, there's one where he's throwing two of the, the Crescent Moon things and he's like, random bullshit, go. Oh, I saw that one. (laughs) Which is funny. And it's too bad that it's not a real panel because that is very funny. (laughs) Um, okay. So yeah, Moon Knight's been great. Um, I really, I, I really liked Hawkeye, like, a lot. Oh, I loved Hawkeye. Hawkeye had some really, really great scenes in it. I, I like that it uses Christmas music. It it kind of reminded me of Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, it was very fun that way, wasn't it? Yeah, especially, like, after Kingpin was revealed, it started playing the Grinch music. <laughs> <laughs> well, jeez, I just can't stop kicking this thing. Um, <laughs> what did I tell you earlier? Don't <laughs> kick the microphone. <laughs> or don't kick the stand, anyway. <laughs> I know I switch up my setup here just a little bit, but it's like, I, I think in the history of Starcast, I've only done maybe like three shows or it was one-on-one with somebody actually in the room with me. So this is different. It's it's a, it's a new and exciting experience. Anyway, to the, like, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Well, okay. There, there is still the movies that we have to talk about. Um, like there is, a. Uh... The Phase Four movies, yes, like Black Widow. Yeah. Uh, so okay, we had Black Widow, Shang Chi, uh, Eternals, Spider Man, No Way Home. Uh, those are the only movies we can talk about so far. Yes. Um. So yeah, I would I'd put Eternals at the bottom of my list for Phase Four. Yeah, like it's not like the worst MCU movie to ever exist, but like it's sort of meh. i i totally agree it is kind of meh it's one that is like why didn't you do this as a disney plus series yeah tell this over like several hours like you that could have been an option also they killed the best eternal oh i know i was really really sad to see gilgamesh go he was so much fun I, I completely forgot his name at one point and just started calling him the Wong-looking guy <laughs> because he looked like Wong. <laughs> the, no the, offense. It, no, I know what you mean. They're both very like stocky, like Asian dudes. <laughs> like, uh, who's the Gilgamesh actor again? Like, uh, oh, I, I would have to look it up. I, I right, can't think of it uh, off the top of my head. Well, uh, Gilgamesh actor, or whatever your name is. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you're watching this, I am so sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I've offended you or something. Uh, I cannot think of his head, his name off the top of my head. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, so Gilgamesh was a great part of that movie. Uh, I really liked Angeli, Angelina Jolie's character in that and the way that they had it so like kind of her mind was fracturing and the way that they tied that in. I thought there was good stuff going in that movie, but overall, when I compare it to some of the other stuff in phase four, it just ends up as, you know, if you're going to give me that, do you want to watch this one or this one, this one or this one? Like we did for like phase two with Thor of the Dark World or Age of Ultron. Exactly. So I I think I would end up, and not, there's no think about it. I would put Eternals a, at the bottom of that. Um, no Way Home is going to be really high up on the list. That movie oh, was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Shang-Chi is going to be really high up on the list. Yeah, Shang-Chi is a really fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, I loved everything about that. I'd been so hyped to see that movie. You know how much I love martial arts movies. Yes. And with stuff like Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah. Wait till I show you the raid. <laughs> I've just been waiting for you to get a little bit older because that movie is very bloody. <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, I was very excited for Shang-Chi. Um, uh, Black Widow was, I feel like that movie gets a lot more hate than it deserves. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. I do agree that it would have been better served for it to come out when it should have come out. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like right after Civil War. Um, I mean, if it would have come out in between Civil War and Infinity War, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Because that's right where it sits in the timeline. And so to get it... So much later, but, you know, I mean, it works out coming out in this phase because then we get more of, you know, her sister, Yelena Belova, who's introduced in that movie. We get her more in Hawkeye. Yes. And and man, is is her appearance. Her appearances in Hawkeye are just so fantastic. Yeah, they really are. I mean, they're, the stuff with Kate Bishop is just oh, h- hilarious. The, the elevator. The elevator scene. Oh, the scene. elevator scene was great. And and then, you know, the, the conversation with Clint at the end on the ice was very emotional. Um, you know, she was one of my favorite parts of Hawkeye. And so it, it worked out in that way that, that I think we, we got Black Widow and, and Hawkeye in the same phase. Mm-hmm. But, but I do think it, it would have been better served to come out when it should have. Um, uh, okay. Oh, what else do we got? Yeah, there's stuff like Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, and and that one was, I mean... As we mentioned earlier, Spider-Man No Way Home is a fantastic movie. (laughs) I mean, that was, it's the best of the Spider-Man movies without a doubt. Yes, better than Spider-Man 2. Oh, you want to bring in all the Spider-Man movies? Yes. (laughs) Uh, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, Like, those Sam Raimi movies will always have a place in my heart because, you know, that was... Those were Marvel movies that we got in a time, very well done Marvel movies that we got in a time where we were really pretty starved for for good comic book movie content. Yeah, um, because so, the MCU didn't exist. <laughs> exactly. And and it was really cool to see them bring those characters in. And then with the, the, the amazing Spider-Man movies that didn't do so well. Yes. You know, for them to come bring Andrew Garfield's character back and, and redeem his storyline in such a great way. Um yeah, Spider-Man No Way like, Home is is top-tier MCU content. Like, legitimately, I've seen so many people say Andrew is one of their favorite Spider-Man now, just because of No Way Home. Yeah, yeah. And... Like, that that's crazy. <laughs> and if he's smart, he will... Because, like, I've said on lots of podcasts since seeing No Way Home, like, uh, g- give me Amazing Spider-Man 3, but then... 
I I really don't have any faith that Sony would be able to do it in a way that was satisfying after what we got uh, with Spider-Man or Amazing Spider-Man too. Well, uh, well, well, that and then also like you know, recently with Morbius, it was like Morbius was Morbius was not a good movie, but I, I with me it was like I went into Morbius thinking that it was going to be the worst movie ever. Like it was just going to like be like Batman absolute... and Robin terrible. Or... <laughs> yes, it, that it was going to be that bad. And it wasn't as bad as I thought, but I think if you were to put Morbius in front of me or Batman and Robin, I'm not going to lie to you. I would watch Batman and Robin over Morbius. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, I didn't think Morbius was as bad as as, as the, the internet, internet was calling it. Exactly. And so when I walked out of the theater going, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. It's like, but I guess that's also not saying it was good because I, I have no intention to ever watch it again, but. Unless we're just doing a every Marvel movie watch or something. I'll tell you what. Some of those Sony ones would be tough. Um, uh, so I, I think that pretty much leaves the the TV series then. What do you think was your favorite out of the, the TV series in Phase 4? Um, In terms of the TV series for Phase 4, I still think Loki is one of my favorites. Loki was really, really good. The emotional punch that that series brought and the way that it took Loki, which, you know, Loki's always been a fan favorite character, but he's also been, you know, admittedly a real shit that you cannot trust. Yes. And for them to be able to take him and make him such a sympathetic hero that by the end of it, you're like, no, I, I do think that we can trust you now. And I don't know. It was just really great. And then also the way they did that final episode in, in such a way that perfect well yeah it was it was great it was like you know oh we're just gonna have you know he who remains sit behind his desk and just give you all of this incredible dialogue you know just narrative just just unloading all of this exposition on you and it was, it was so well done um absolutely loved loki uh i loved wandavision the way that it yes is, this how it know, started as like a 50s cartoon and then like kept evolving over every episode it was like, very fun we went from the 50s to 60s to 70s to 80s to 90s to the 2000s <laughs> it was it was really fun the way they did that and it like we went over five decades <laughs> and it like managed to tell this compelling story you know that that was so touching and poignant and you know with with a very clear message about you know, the trauma that that comes with grief and everything. And it was just beautiful. Um, I I think if I'm, you know, if you want to rate the, the best, you know, if we're saying Loki is one of the best, I think that what if would have been my least favorite. Yeah. Not that what if is a ine inevitably terrible show. Like, I think the concept of it is really cool. Agreed. And, and I really liked, I mean, I definitely liked some episodes better than others in it, but I don't know if it's something that I'm going to be scrambling to go and rewatch. Exactly. And so as a whole, like it goes, you know, pretty low phase four for me, but I still think Eternals, I think I would rather watch What If over Eternals. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at least with What If, you know, I mean, almost every storyline's different, but then by the last two episodes of it, it really ties it all together in like a really nice way that it was like, oh, yeah. that whole season kind of makes sense now. The way that yeah, they tied in does. elements from these different, you know, 
universes. Uh, th- this whole journey into the multiverse in Phase 4, I think, has been a lot of fun. Yeah, especially with, like, again, with Spider-Man No Way Home, like, Toby and Andrew coming back, because, like, that, w- that was, like, insane. It was super exciting, and the way that they did all the villains coming back also. Oh, like, Willem Dafoe and oh. No Way Home, like, oh my god. Yeah, Willem Dafoe's um, performance in that was just spectacular, wasn't it? Yeah, like... The facial expressions after <laughs> even getting punched, like I know the way that, he kept that is looking insane. and insanely smiling at him. Oh, oh, wow! Yeah, Willem Dafoe's a real treasure. Um, he he appeared in um Justice League. <laughs> That's right. He was in he was in Zack Snyder's Justice League. What, was he in the 2017 one or not? I don't think he had a scene in that. He's he's in the Aquaman movie though. Hmm, okay, he plays that same role. Um. So Willem Dafoe, I think the first thing I ever saw him in when I was a kid, it was a Vietnam movie called Platoon. Platoon. <laughs> Some very fun enunciation. <laughs> Thank Platoon. You. <laughs> so yeah, it's a Vietnam movie. It's got Charlie Sheen and Tom Berenger in it also. It's it's a pretty intense movie. Um I don't know, we'll watch it sometime. Maybe we'll go through a phase where we where we uh, or we'll go through like a list of like um, war movies, but we'll definitely have to wait till you get a little bit older for those because yeah. like Full Metal Jacket would be on that list, and in I saw Full Metal Jacket when I was your age. Oh my god! And I don't know if I'm gonna let you watch Full Metal Jacket at your age. So so it's traumatizing. <laughs> that's what you're saying. It's traumatizing. It's got lots of wild shit in it, and. You know, I mean, it's it's a war movie and, and the, they're, you know, they earn their R ratings. Yes. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was my first. Oh, another great Willem Dafoe performance that will wait when you get a little bit older, older is a movie called Boondock Saints, where he plays, uh, I think it's an FBI agent that's like investigating this, this, these murders that are going on in this town. Um, that's a really fun movie, but definitely one where you're going to have to be a lot older before. You can watch it. Um, I just uh, I just realized we completely forgot about uh, Spider Man Far From Home. Oh yeah, we didn't even really talk about that one, did we? Yeah, no, we really didn't. So yeah, Far From Home. Like I, I don't know. I like that movie. Yeah, but I don't know. But it's not a movie that I'm like crazy about. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's it's kind of like a middle of the pack MCU for me. Yeah, because even though Tony Stark is dead, I feel like there's like still so much Tony Stark, <laughs> even though he's dead. Even what is it? Even dead, I'm the hero. That's Edith. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where the rest of Phase Four is going to go. I can't wait to see Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, that that is going to be really exciting. And um, let's see, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Really looking forward to that one. Yeah, I've seen so many people be like, "Disney, when are you going to release the Thor: Love and Thunder trailer?" <laughs> yeah, someday, right? Yeah, someday. <laughs> it's like Spider-Man: No Way Home's trailer thing all over again because they were just refusing to release a trailer. <laughs> um. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty much the MCU is, did you have any other MCU thoughts you wanted to give? Um, no, not really. Right on. Um, so, so we recently, not, not quite finished with it cause we're waiting for the Batman 
to drop on digital. But otherwise, you've seen every live action Batman now. Including Batman and Robin. <laughs> so, uh, on Batman and Robin, would you put that one at the bottom of your oh, list? Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, what, what was, so what's some of the reasoning going in behind, what didn't you like about that movie, I guess? I think it's just kind of forgettable for the most part. And... Yeah, like, like, like George Clooney even admitted that, like, yeah, my acting in Batman and Robin was just bad. Like, <laughs> like, legitimately, George Clooney admitted that. Like, yeah, I saw him say in an interview before that, like, he said something, like, someone asked him a Batman question. He's like, I think I ruined the character. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it was a little break before we had another Batman movie after that, but. Um, so what did you think of, um, like the, the two D Tim Burton movies, Batman and then oh, Batman they, Returns? They were, they were fantastic. Like far better than Forever and, uh, and Robin. Nice. What, how would you rank those, those first two Tim Burton movies? Um, I would personally say Returns is a bit better than 89. Right on. So you like, like Returns. So what was, what was something that you liked in uh batman returns like what was one of your favorite things about that definitely danny devito <laughs> his his performance as that creepy penguin is is iconic yes uh what did you think of michelle pfeiffer as catwoman in that i, I liked it for the most part <laughs> uh how about um uh i'm blanking on the dude's name dude who played max shrek christopher walken i liked him his last name reminded me of Shrek. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I always thought, like, especially once I, like, learned more about the comics and stuff, it always blew my mind that it's like, they have all these Batman characters and rogues to pull from, and they're going to make up a character from whole cloth that has, like, the wildest idea. He's trying to sell them on a power plant that it doesn't create power. It sucks that power in so that then they can hold it and then sell it back. It's like the wildest plan ever. Yeah, that, that that is it is indeed a very weird plan. And then like his son is like such a doofus. And like when the penguin's threatening his son later, he's like, no, not Chip. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, for me, I would put 89 Batman above Batman Returns. But I absolutely respect your choice because I know lots of people feel that way. Like Returns is... A very, very beloved movie by lots of people. It is. <laughs> and, then, and then Forever, like, it's a it's a good movie. I think it's decent. Wait, but I just said it was good. <laughs> and, then I, and then I just changed my opinion one second later. <laughs> I don't know. Forever is, like, it's, at least it has the distinction of being the best of the Schumacher, the, the Joel Schumacher films. Yes. But then again, its competition is Batman and Robin, which is an absolute suck fest. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would only rewatch Forever because of Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's performance in that was pretty fun, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why we didn't mention him when we were talking about Sonic <laughs> earlier. <laughs> yeah, it is one of his big roles. Jim Carrey's got a lot of great movies. When you get a little bit older, we'll... We'll dive into more like, of those. As you mentioned earlier, like way earlier, like <laughs> Ace Ventura. Yeah, yeah. Ace Ventura, it's one of those movies that just didn't 
the, some of the components of the plot didn't age very well. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to have conversations when we watch that. But there's some of his R-rated stuff that'll be fantastic for you to watch when you get older. But we could probably dive into, like, all of his PG-13 stuff you'd be okay for. All right. <laughs> well, that's... that. It's not really a movie franchise, but it's more or less a movie marathon <laughs> that, that's heard, added to the bucket list. Have you ever heard of the movie Liar Liar? I think I have. So uh, I that's I have. one where he's a lawyer and his kid is disappointed in him. And he says that he wishes for just one day his dad couldn't tell a lie. And so then he's not, he, he says the truth in every single situation in the movie. And it gets him in lots of very funny trouble. It's It's a pretty enjoyable movie, so... We'll we'll have to put that one up near the top of the list for the Jim Carrey watch with you, um, like um, uh, Batman. So yes. uh, let's talk about the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. Oh my God, it's it, it is a better improvement from the '90s films. <laughs> they took that character to a whole different level in in those, you know. And so Christopher Nolan had this idea to give this like, you know, real gritty, real life take on what it would be like if Batman really existed in our world. And I, I think he really nailed that with those movies. And, and my only complaint ever with the Christopher Nolan movies was that he doesn't do enough detective work. Yeah. Him. He does lots of like kicking ass, lots of flashy gadgets. Uh, Christian Bale is a fantastic Bruce Wayne. Um, you know, it's definitely his, definitely his Batman voice gets a little, uh, <laughs> Weird by the end of the trilogy. Yeah, it gets downright comical uh, by by the end of it. But I, I thought all those movies were really, really good. I thought Christian Bale played a good Batman. Loved Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. Loved Michael Caine as, as Alfred. Yeah. And, you know, arguably The Dark Knight is, you know, arguably like... The best Batman movie. It might be the best Batman movie. In my mind, its only contender is The Batman. And... And they're wildly different movies, you know, because... The, so they're I mean, weird to compare to? It's it's definitely not an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but in a way you could kind of say it is, because they're both like a year-two Batman, but The Dark Knight is not a very comic-accurate Batman, but it's a really, really riveting movie, and then also you get Heath Ledger's performance in it, which is just spectacular. Oh my god, like... That is the reason I, I love The Dark Knight as much as I do. <laughs> yeah, you and the majority of other people in the world. Yes. <laughs> because, yeah, that, that Heath Ledger performance was something spectacular. And audiences were like, what the fuck? This is the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You and A Knight's Tale. Like, this is going to be our Joker. And yeah, dude. He nailed it. Very, very much so. And... Also, the like, what did you think of the way that they did the makeup for um, uh, uh, of uh, Two Face? Oh that? my god! Like it, like com- comparing it to the makeup in Batman Forever is like night and day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones's portrayal of of Two Face was very goofy. It was, it was super campy. You know, it's yeah. like we're gonna we're gonna make this over the top and silly, and that's you know what those Schumacher movies were. Yes, and like, like I feel like with uh, Two Face and Forever, he looked like he looked like half like human, half the devil. <laughs> it's definitely weird looking. Yeah, like in The Dark Knight, it looks creepy, like like legitimately. I feel like you could like see one of his cheekbones and mm, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty wild what they did with with the makeup there. Yeah, yeah, it looked really, really good. Um, very, very scary. Uh, I loved Bane. Tom Hardy's portrayal of Bane in the third one was great. Um, uh, Molded by it. <laughs> I was born in the darkness. That was a very good Bane. Do that again. <laughs> Molded by it. <laughs> I can do a lot of voice impressions. <laughs> was very good i think that was the first time i ever heard you do pain <laughs> um so yeah are you looking forward to seeing the batman then yeah 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 because that's definitely one that you know we'll be getting as soon as it comes out on digital i'll be owning it and then we'll watch it but yeah it's three hour batman movie dude oh my god yeah so strap in buckle up uh strap in buckle up it's, a, it's as long as avengers endgame <laughs> Oh, I almost left out the the Zack Snyder movies. We watched all those starting with Man oh, of yeah, Steel. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of Zack Snyder's take on the DC universe? I liked it for the most part. I think if I had to rank the three Zack Snyder movies, I think this is how I'd rank them. Like number three would probably be like Batman v Superman. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. That movie's kind of a mess. It, yeah. It's got some individual great scenes in it, but yeah, that movie's a mess. Like like the warehouse scene. Oh, the warehouse scene is just really, really great. Yes, it, it is. Uh, the the fight with uh, with um, Doomsday at the end is really awesome also. Uh, yeah, with Wonder Woman showing up. Yeah, yeah, that, that part was cool. Um, I hate Jesse Eisenberg's portrayal of Lex Luthor. Oh, like, it yeah. is it is one of the most terrible things I've seen in a movie, that they would take a character like Lex Luthor and turn him into this. A, a, like a goofster. It's just weird. It's... I don't know. I don't know. There's there's lots of things about that performance that I did not care for. Like, I'd say number two, then, would probably be Man of Steel. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, I really enjoyed Man of Steel. Like, I like General Zod. Oh, yeah. Great villain, right? Yeah, great villain. And I really, really loved Henry Cavill's performance of Superman. Even y- Yeah. You know, and he had to deal with the character as he was written, because there's lots of complaints you know, Superman in the comics is the embodiment of of hope. You know, he mm-hmm. and and a lot of that comes from the relationship that he had with Lois, with John, well, with Jonathan Kent. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the way that they did Jonathan Kent in that movie, they they really kind of did him dirty. You know, the the scene where he's remember the scene where he the school bus goes in the water, yeah, and he pushes it out. And rescues it, everybody. Clark Kent does it, not 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 Jonathan yes. Kent. <laughs> Clark pushes the school bus out of the water and saves everybody. You know, confusion. <clears throat> and then, you know, Jonathan is talking with him afterwards, and Clark's like, should I have just let all those people die? And Jonathan says, I don't know, maybe. And it's like, that's not what Jonathan Kent in the comics would have would have told him. But but also, I mean, this was I mean, Zack Snyder was very influenced by this injustice, like, storyline, yeah, where Superman injustice. eventually is going to go evil. And so that was, you know, that's the world that he's, that's the story he's telling in this. It's, this is a darker Superman. It needs to be a Superman that we can believe would lose Lois Lane and go into such and a go state. go insane. Yeah, just go into such a state of you know, Mental. madness brought on by grief that that he's going to align with Darkseid and, and take over the world. 
Yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, if you look at it under that lens, then Man of Steel makes a lot more sense, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, because this is the world that Zack Snyder was going for, this dark, brooding Superman that almost feels a little bit more like Batman. But but I feel like they really – it really – makes up for the way that if you watch Zack Snyder's Justice League, if you put that four hours, what is four hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. You put that four, four hours, hours, four hours and two minutes. So it's like an hour longer than Avengers Endgame. <laughs> there you go. So speaking, speaking of uh Justice League. Yeah. Number one, Zack Snyder's Justice, Justice League. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. The 2017 one. No. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> no. Like, that might be one of the worst superhero movies in, in like, once you learn the story of what all went in that, that it was, you know, primarily shot by Zack and then the studio didn't like where he was going. And so then they brought in, the you know, Joss Whedon, the guy who did Avengers. And they're like, hey, we need to make we need you to make this more like an MCU movie. And so then he chops up Zack's movie, uses some parts of it, shoots, you know, reshoots some new scenes. And it's just a Frankenstein of a movie that's really only worth watching if you're going to watch it to give it the MST3K treatment it, yeah. it, and just make fun of it the whole like, time. If you're going to watch Justice League, watch the Zack Snyder one. It's four hours, but like, it's way better than the 2017 one. It is. I mean, everything about it's better. The plot actually makes sense. Uh, the, the All the heroes have got very good... Um, storylines with good character development in them. Yes, like the, they're not like butchered like in the 2017 version. <laughs> yes. You actually get a story with Cyborg, and and Cyborg's story really carries the heart of the film too. So yeah, yeah, I, I think it does. I'm I'm really glad that you enjoyed those movies and had a good time with them. Um, so right now you are reading the book Watchmen for the first time. Yes. So what are you thinking of that? I, I really like it. It's, just, a, it's a, a couple DC... issues in so far, right? Yeah, it's like a DC comic. Yes. Yeah, I, I sort of realized that halfway through. I was like, oh, wait, this is a DC comic. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was first maybe released as a Vertigo title, maybe? Which was like a, a label of DC. That might be wrong. I'm just spitballing off the top of my head, but that's what I was thinking. Um, I think it originally came out as like a 12-issue run, though. Wow. But but now it's it's, you know, primarily spoken of as, you know, oh, the graphic novel, The Watchmen. Um I'm glad you're liking it so far though, because when you're done reading it, we can watch the movie and the movie was done by Zack Snyder. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I can't believe I finally stumped you with, <laughs> with a movie detail that you didn't know. <laughs> or a director that you didn't know. <laughs> well, I know Zack Snyder, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so that'll be a fun one to watch. And and then we've got the director's cut also, so it'll have pretty much the, the full story that um I'm looking forward to watching that with you. But definitely you need to finish the the comic first so that you can yes. you can have that. I, I so I understand the full story. Yeah. Um so so I know you're only a couple issues in so far, but who's who's some of your favorite characters so far in the book? Um, I really like that one detective guy. Rorschach? Yes. He's got a cool looking mask, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Oh, I'm I'm glad to hear you like Rorschach. He's the most like Batman in that book. He's like the closest analog to Batman, you know, because he's like this a detective, de- this detective that wants to just go around beating the shit out of people. And oh my gosh, there's this scene later where where he gets locked up and thrown in prison, and it is so incredible. I, I'm not going to spoil anything about it for you, but yeah, I can't wait yeah, to talk where, about where, that with you. Where where I'm in the book, like he just got like caught by the police and like sent to prison actually so. oh so it's coming right up 
<laughs> yes, it is. You're going to get that real soon. Um, uh, so what are some of the other comic books that, that I've had you reading lately? Uh, there's stuff like Invincible. Yeah, you read all yeah. 144 issues of Invincible. So Yes, 144. <laughs> you ran through them, too. So what did you think of Invincible? I loved it. Yeah, it's a great guy. It's pretty bloody and violent, but... Yeah, especially the TV show. <laughs> so in comparing what you read from the series and then watching the TV show, how do you think they did on the on the show? I think they did a pretty good job on the show. It's a pretty faithful adaptation, I thought. Yeah, it definitely is. It's got a really star-studded voice cast. The The art style looks very similar between the comic and what you're seeing um, you know, on the show, so it's nothing too jarring of a difference there. Yes. Um, can't wait for season two of that. Oh yeah, it, it's even been renewed for a season three, so <laughs> it's super exciting. I I hope they do the entire storyline because I would oh, love yeah. to see like the conquest fight. I hope that happens. <laughs> we, 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 I think we as fans of Invincible, like I, that's got to be like if you were to make a, like a top five of like these are the scenes. That you know, hardcore Invincible fans want to see in the sh- in in the series. I think Conquest would have to be in that top five. Oh, that Conquest yeah. fight from the comics is so incredible. It, it is. Uh, and and if they do the Battle Beast uh, Thrag fight, I hope they do it like it like they do in the comics, where it's like you just keep seeing panels of it randomly in issues. Mm-hmm. Like this fight has been going on in space for so long, you know. Because it's Battle Beast. It's Battle Beast. And I don't want to give any spoilers to how that shit goes, because I think Battle Beast was a huge fan favorite from people that, you know, they just saw that, hey, there's this new comic book show coming out on Amazon. I have not, never read one issue of the comic, but I'm going to check this show out. And then they absolutely loved it and had their minds blown by the big twist at the end of the first. Yes. At the end of the first episode. And, you know, the way that they, they did that first season also to give um mark's mom you know more agency yeah more of a detective sort of thing it was really really great i i loved everything i've watched that series three times now all the way through oh my god and uh like uh, i'm ready and willing for for viewing four at any time (laughs) like it's so good and the episodes go so fast you know like if i had to recommend one thing on prime video i'm recommending invincible oh without a doubt yeah um okay so um also there's descender yes yes um which is another image comic so you just finished descender recently yes i did i was not expecting the ending and i'm not going to spoil it (laughs) that's very nice of you (laughs) um so i think one of the coolest things about descender is the unique artwork in it by dustin wen yeah it's like completely watercolor yeah it's just gorgeous looking book isn't it it is so much different from like going from Invincible to Descender had to have been a wild change for you, right? Yeah, <laughs> like the art style looks drastically different. <laughs> and Descender's got that really fun sci-fi, like futuristic storyline with yeah, know, with like, like robots taking over. Yeah, sort of like that. Yeah, I'm really, really glad you're liking that. Um, are Invincible and Descender the only two comics I've had you read so far? Um, not the only two. I feel I think the first comic was like a Captain America book. That's right. You was it uh Winter Soldier? Yeah, yeah. That's right. You read Winter Soldier. I totally forgot about that. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, you're on Watchmen now. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to keep you busy with lots of comic books, especially yes. if you want to start reading some Batman books. Like I mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. You should totally have to start with Frank Miller's year one, because that's like the, the Batman origin story. That really shows him his, you know, he's been out training in the world as Bruce Wayne. He's wanting to do this thing. And, you know, he comes back to Gotham and starts basically kind of learning how to be the Batman. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really great. So, yeah, you'll read, I'll have you read that one and then probably do the long Halloween and then probably Hush. And yeah. You don't know, don't you? Now, I'll have a whole list for you. I'll write them all down so you can check them off as you go. It'll be your Batman bucket list. Yes, so many bucket list things <laughs> put on the bucket list today. Um, <clears throat> so, speaking of books that you've then gone on to see the movies, uh, you recently read all of Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. So, what was what did you think of that, going through Lord of the Rings for the first time? It was extremely good. Do you think it's like books that you'll revisit and go and read again in the future? Yeah, definitely. That's awesome to hear, dude. I'm glad you you liked that because I mean that is, I mean that's like the height of like a high fantasy series. You know, I mean that's it's one of those texts that's been copied and you know had like homage paid to it in so many different forms. Yeah, and so it's, I was really, really exciting. It really, really excited for you to to see you watch that for the first time. Yeah, and then there's the new series coming out this fall, which is like an entire prequel. Yeah, you looking forward to watching yeah, that prequel series? Yes, I am looking forward to watching it. <laughs> Have you flipped through that copy of the Silmarillion I got you yet? Um, no, actually, no, I haven't. So you'll have to check that out sometime too. The Silmarillion's kind of wild. It's did you read the the indices at all at the end of Return of the King? Uh, no, not really, no. It's like more of that stuff, where it's like lots of like little snippets of short stories and, you know, stuff like that. It's like lots of different history on, on the world. And that's what the or Rings of- Middle Earth. Yeah, of Middle Earth. And that's what the Rings of Power series is really going to be drawing off of, is the, this time before Sauron was, you know, banished, before people knew that, that he was evil. Um, Really, really excited for that show. Um. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. And I admired your discipline with that, too, when you were reading those books that you were like, I'm not watching the movies <laughs> until after I've finished the book, and then I will watch the movie, and then I will read the next book. <laughs> I thought that, yeah, that was pretty I... cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your favorite out of those three books? Um, Probably Fellowship, honestly. Yeah? Uh, does the movies rank the same way for you? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think I'd say so. Yeah, nice. That's uh, Fellowship's great. It's got so many really great scenes in it. Mm-hmm. Like Fellowship is just memorable. I love it. <laughs> um, I think in Two Towers, one of my favorite scenes is the Helm's Deep battle. Oh yeah. Also, uh, uh what was his name? Like Tree something. Treebeard. Treebeard. Tree the Ents. Okay. Yeah, the Ents. I, I love those guys. Oh, yeah. That was one of my favorite scenes. I remember the first time I read Two Towers, it just blew my mind that, that the Ents get all riled up and then go and... Like, protest or... Well, they go and basically, like, sack Isengard. Like, it was just incredible. Like, I just loved the way that they did it, and then the way they did it in the movie worked really well. Yeah, imagine imagine losing to a, a couple trees. <laughs> Well, the Ents remembered how powerful they were, right? Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. What's another thing? Like, they aren't pathetic trees. They're trees with legs. 
No, they are not pathetic trees. <laughs> <coughs> um, uh, Return of the King was great. Also, I loved the 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 big battle scene in that. The, yeah, with the the death of the King of Rohan, that whole scene was really incredible. Um, it gives us those disturbing scenes with uh, Denethor eating the the tomatoes. Yeah, I kind of I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> it haunts my dreams. It's like nobody should chew tomatoes like that. Like, what is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, uh, you also recently read Dune and then watched yes. the movie afterwards. So, what were your thoughts on that? Like comparing like the the book to the movie. I really don't know, honestly. Like, <laughs> I, I think like they're like. I wouldn't say they're like different. Like. There are a couple things changed in the movie compared to the book, at least at least from what I remember. They left a lot of stuff out. Yeah. Yeah, the the book has got a lot There's like wholesale scenes that were left out in the movie, but but did you but you like the movie though? Are you looking forward to the the next one coming out? Yeah, next year. Like I'm definitely looking forward to part 2 of Dune. You think you'll want to go see that one in the theater? Oh, definitely, yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> And I know we haven't finished it yet, but we started the 2000 sci-fi series on Dune also. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> maybe it's best to leave that in the past, or or if you, if you, you want to finish it, we totally can. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so Some of those scenes in that are ridiculous yeah it's it's a it's approaching like schumacher schumacher batman yeah levels of what am i watching right now and then other scenes in it are just so cool but yeah like i feel like the worm designs are better than dune 2021 or well yeah i mean i mean the cgi on them is rough but yeah the design on them in the in those ones is really good yeah like the cgi is really rough but i mean can you blame them it was 2000 yeah the thing i will say about the 2021 dune though is that they nailed the size on the sandworms they made them big yeah because in the in the in the miniseries and the 84 one yeah the 84 one um I will, I will, like, you can watch that one if you want. The DVDs, in, you have it on your shelf. You go ahead and watch that if you want. Yeah, I have a bunch of DVDs, like, <laughs> over, like, 75, I think. Yeah, my deep most of them are my DVDs. Y- yes, that, yes. <laughs> I, I am taking, I'm taking credit here. <laughs> That's okay, though. They, they're better off sitting on a shelf in your room than in a storage tote. Yeah. Uh, out in the garage. Because it's like anymore, I just I don't really watch physical media that much anymore, and, and I yeah, know due to streaming services and other stuff much. like that. And and I know that you're pretty fascinated with with the, the retro physical, stuff, the <laughs> retro stuff in the physical media. So yeah, it, it, you can happily display them on your shelf. That's cool. Thank you. <laughs> um, let's see what else do we got? Oh, okay, so. We can't talk about Aiden's favorite movies without bringing up the Back to the Future trilogy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's one of those ones where um, were, were we on vacation the first time I showed that to you? Yeah, yeah. We were in like a Great Wolf Lodge, I believe. <laughs> and like they had Netflix. And at the time, Back to the Future Part 1 or Back to the Future or 1, 2, and 3 were on Netflix. Mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, like, I didn't know what to watch because Netflix was offered as one of the, like... The channels in the hotel? Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) So, like, I was just, like, going through this Netflix randomizer thing. Because Netflix added this thing where it, like, randomizes, like, a TV TV show or movie for you to watch. If you Uh don't know what to watch. And I land on Back to the Future, and I was just like, oh, okay, I'll just put this on. And didn't we watch the first two when we were on vacation? Yeah, and then we watched the third one once we got home. <laughs> How would you rank the Back to the Future movies? Um, I would probably say the second one's my least favorite. Not that it's an inherently terrible movie. Just like, you know, I, I feel like it kind of feels like a second attempt at the first Back to the Future movie. Yeah, I mean, in a way, they they kind yeah. of all are. Yeah. There's so many different scenes that mirror, you know, but I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, I think Back to the Future Part 3 is number two. Like, it's underrated, like, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I always loved 3 when I was a kid. Like, I used to always watch that one. Um, and so, yeah, you're putting the the first one as, as your top then? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to yes. top the first Back to the Future movie. It really is, like... Many people do say the second movie is better than the first one. I, I personally disagree. Yeah, same here. I, I I rank them the same way that you do. And I don't think we've ever talked these rankings before. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've ever talked rankings for Back to the Future. But um, but yeah, I, I, I rank them the same way. There's, there's scenes in the second one that I like a lot. And, you know, as you watch it in a trilogy, and uh, it, it is it is my least favorite one. Um, yeah but like i said like i i grew up watching that third one over and over again on vhs and and also growing up like you know like my dad was always watching cowboy movies and stuff like that so kind of seeing take a break from them cowboy movies (laughs) watch time travel movies (laughs) well it's it was like you know like oh i love the first back to the future and i'm always seeing cowboy movies this is like a blending of these two genres and and it was it's a combination yeah A um, revolution. <laughs> so yeah, those those movies are a lot of fun, and and I was I was really happy to see you take to those movies so much because that was like one of the first Blu-rays that you bought, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> you bought the collection on Blu-ray, so you could have it on your shelf. Yes, a, a beautiful collection indeed. <laughs> uh, um, dude, I've had the best time talking with you tonight. This has been yeah. so much fun. It has been so much fun. Um, I should have wrote down the outro for you too. You could have done that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but no, we're totally going to do this again because yeah. th- this was a lot of fun and, um, ah, I look forward to the next one, kid. Thanks for, for talking with me. Oh yeah. No problem. Uh, thank you all very much for listening until next time. This has been Startcast, And that's it. That's it. <laughs>